welcome to the Sunday morning service. You're listening to the First Century Apostolic Church FCAC Tema Community 5, Ghana. We preach, teach, and live the complete and unadulterated Word of God with genuine miracles, signs, and wonders taking place at every meeting with the Holy Spirit. Our aim is the following the steps of the apostles and disciples of the First Century Church founded by our Lord Jesus Christ. Get ready, therefore, for a powerful encounter with the Word and power of God, brought to you by Reverend Dr. V.C.Y. Edwards, the General Overseer of FCAC. He is a seasoned man of God who is blessed with a powerful teaching and deliverance ministry. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. prompt for our morning church services. Your life will never be the same again. God richly bless you as you join us in the service. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And hallelujah. Shall we put our hands again for Jesus? On that note, according to our, our teachings on Friday, I want to welcome all of you to the altar of God. Praise the Lord. We have come to the bronze altar and the gold altar. Therefore, none of you, none of us shall leave here the same as we came. Amen. If you agree with me, say another amen. amen. Let us therefore pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. And we thank you for this gathering of your children before you in your holy sanctuary. We gather this morning again in the name of Jesus. And we are here by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we might present ourselves to you. And you might look at us individually and collectively. Give us your word. Give us understanding. Give us wisdom. Give us knowledge. And grant us to receive deliverance, promotion, prosperity. That your name shall be exalted in the life of everyone who hears today, who hears today's message, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let's all be seated. This morning, I bring you a message that's entitled "The Fire of Molech." The fire of Molech. Molech is capital M O L E C H. The fire of Molech. M-O-L-E-C-H. And it's a caution or a warning message. It's a caution or a warning message. Something that we need to remember. So we will all be cautious and how we walk with God. The fire of Molech. And we take our text from the book of Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 18, verses 21. And then chapter 21 to 5. So first, Leviticus 18, verse 21. 
And then the same Leviticus chapter 20, verses 1 to 5. Oh, thank you, Lord. So, 18, 21. The Bible says, And you shall not let any of your descendants pass through the fire of Molech, nor shall you profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. Leviticus 18, verse 21. And you shall not let any of your descendants pass through the fire of Molech, nor shall you profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. Now, chapter 20, verses 1 to 5. The same Leviticus 20, 1 to 5. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Again, you shall say to the children of Israel, Whoever of, your, of the children of Israel or of the strangers who dwell in Israel, who gives any of his descendants to Molech, he shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. I will set my face against that man and will cut him off from his people because he has given some of his descendants to Molech to defile my sanctuary and profane my holy name. Verse 4. And if the people of the land should in any way hide their eyes from the man, when he gives some of his descendants to Molech, and they do not kill him, then I will set my face against that man and against his family, and I will cut him off from his people, and all who prostitute themselves with him to commit harlotry with Molech. Praise the Lord. Um, Early in the history of Israel, soon after they came out of Egypt and uh, they had conquered, they are about, or they are about to conquer the land of Canaan. Canaan was inhabited by Gentiles, people who did not know God, did not worship God, but worshipped other gods, whom we call idols. Canaan was inhabited by several tribes, many tribes, who did not know God. And therefore, they worshipped other gods or um, idols, and their way of worship of these gods were an abomination to the Lord. The way they worshipped the Lord, so they worshipped their gods, was sinful in the eyes of God. In fact, they were an abomination. They were detestable. God detested. God, did not, God could not look or tolerate the way the Canaanites worshipped the idols. And that is one of the reasons why God gave Canaan to Israel. Not, because, not only because God was giving the land to Israel, but because the inhabitants of the land were Gentiles who 
didn't know God and worshipped, in fact, demons. They worshipped idols. So, God warned Israelites that when they occupied the land of Canaan, which he was about to give to them, land, houses that they did not build, fields that they did not cultivate, they just possessed the houses and the, and the farms and everything that was in them, they have to be very careful not to go after the gods of the Canaanites. God warned them several times. They might be careful. They might remember not to go or to worship the gods of the Canaanites. And uh, one of these gods was called Molech. Molech. Molech was the god of the Ammonites. And the Ammonites worshipped Molech, uh, calling him their protecting father. The Ammonites saw Molech as their protecting father. You see, in modern day worship of God, in the dispensation that we are, we live among people who are not um, worshippers of our God, who do not believe in Jesus. And they worship their own gods. We have many gods, many religions in the world. Anywhere you go in the world, there's one religion or the other. And the way they worship their gods is different from the way that God commands us to worship him. So, in the same way as the Ammonites saw Molech as their protecting father, religions of contemporary world today also see their gods as providing them with something, either protection or prosperity or fertility, direction, People have different reasons why they worship their gods in the way that they worship their gods. Now, the thing about the Ammonites was that one way that they worshipped Molech or honored Molech, honored the idol, was to sacrifice their children. It was considered the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate way of worshipping Molech, by sacrificing your children to that God. And the way they did it was a very cruel and painful way. Cruel, painful, in that they will, they will light this bonfire, ceremonial fire, a ritualistic fire, and the father will then force or command or donate some of his children to just walk, walk into the fire. The child will just walk into the fire and be consumed by that fire. So it was a form of human sacrifice. Human sacrifice. And God was careful, God remembered to warn the Israelites that 
Not only that, but they shouldn't, not only should they not worship the gods of the Canaanites, but though they, they saw it as a very, you know, um, honorable thing to do, if you have many children and you allow some of your children to walk into the fire, then you, you, you are highly esteemed. They considered it to be a, a very great honor. It, it, it attracts respect to you and maybe earn you some position in the land of the Ammonites. And this was, therefore, a very common practice among the Canaanites. Therefore, God said that they should not let any of the children of Israel to walk through or to go through the fire of Molech. Because God said that in doing so, it was defiling his name because he, the Israel was Israel. God was their God and is their God. So, if they should do that, they will still at some time come into a tabernacle. You see, the Israelite who allows his children to walk through the fire of Molech, the next day may find himself in the tabernacle, in the presence of God. Having done this, will now again come before God in the tabernacle, in the presence of God. And God saw such a person as a defilement, a defilement of his holy sanctuary. Whether he knew it or not, God saw such a person as defiling his holy sanctuary. God saw this practice, this practice of walking through the fire of Molech as um, a profane. It's a profane act. An act that profaned the name of the Lord. Because Israel, Israel, or the children of Israel were the people of God. Just as Christians, we are God's people. We are God's holy nation. God's own people. A special people unto God. In the same way, once you are born again, once you accept Jesus, you are a child of God. And this word very much applies to you today as a date to the Israelites in the days of Leviticus. They were actually profaning God's holy name by taking part in the smallest part of the worship of the Canaanites whom they, have, they had dispossessed. God called it harlotry. Harlotry. Prostitution. Because you, they cannot go and worship Molech or for that matter, any of the gods of the Canaanites, while at the same time, they worship the God of heaven. God called it harlotry. It was playing the harlot. It's like a man married to a woman, and the woman is sleeping around, the man is sleeping around. It's harlotry. And it was an abomination unto the Lord. And for God said, anyone who did that, Anyone who took part in such a practice, in such a ritual, was to be cut off from the land of Israel. 
by stoning that person to death. And even if the people just hid their eyes from him, where they, 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 they couldn't do this, or they failed to cast out a person from the land of Israel, God also set his eyes, his face, against the people, those who knew, but covered up for that person, God will set his face against that person. So this gives an idea of how serious, how serious the gravity of the sin that children of God commit when they play the high lottery, when they, they are here and there. Praise the Lord. When we go to the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 12, at the fifth book of Moses, chapter 12, Deuteronomy 12, 29 to 32. 29 to 32. Deuteronomy chapter 12. 29 to 32. Deuteronomy chapter 12. 29 to 32. When the Lord your God casts off from before you the nations which you go to dispossess, and you displace them, and dwell in their land. Take heed, take heed to yourself that you do not, ens- you do not, you are sorry, you are not ensnared to follow them. After they are destroyed from before you, and that you do not inquire after their gods, saying, "How did these nations serve their gods?" I also will do likewise. 31 says, you shall not worship the Lord your God in that way. For every abomination to the Lord which he hates, they have done to their gods. For they burn even their sons and daughters in the fire to their gods. Whatever I command you, be careful to observe it. You shall not add to it nor take away from it. Verse that one says, you shall not worship the Lord your God in that way. For every abomination to the Lord which he hates, they have done to their gods. For they burn even their sons and daughters in the fire to their gods. Whatever I command you, be careful to observe it. You shall not add to it or take away from it. Praise the Lord. God kept on issuing warning after warning, warnings after warnings about how they should worship him. Because there are more worshippers of other gods or idols than Christians or believers. At any time in history, when you look at the world population, Many more people worship other gods than those who worship the God of heaven through Jesus Christ. Christians are only a small minority. And therefore, we are surrounded by family members, friends, neighbors, workmates, even whatever, even in the church or wherever you go in the marketplace. There are people who worship other gods who don't know our God. 
And therefore, it is easy to be, Bible says, God says, to be ensnared, to be trapped, to be lured, or to be attracted. It is very common to get ensnared, trapped, lured, enticed, or attracted into one area or other of the way that they worship their gods. But God says that the way he commands us to worship him, we must take heed, be careful, not to add anything to it or to take anything away from it. Because once you do that, in the eyes of God, that constitutes, that amounts to harlotry. That amounts to abomination. That amounts to profaning his name and defiling his sanctuary. One reason why many Christians don't see the power of God in their lives. One reason why many churches don't witness the flow of the Spirit of God in their churches is because they play the high lottery. They compromise. They are there and there, here and there. Over, they are everywhere. Anything goes. They don't have any standards according to God's word. They don't go according to what God says. They believe that it does not matter, you know, um, taking part in that and still coming before the Lord. And therefore, the Holy Ghost and his power are not seen in these churches, nor in the lives of those who practice or who worship God this way. Praise the Lord. Because we today, we have false gods or idols in addition to false churches. In fact, what makes it more dangerous in our case is that we have false churches. Churches that are not true churches. People that call themselves churches, but they're not churches. Because in the eyes of God, they are actually not churches. And therefore, it is important to know, as a believer, as a Christian, how to recognize these churches and therefore stay away from them. Let's go to the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 to 9. Galatians 1, 6 to 9. We will see something that happened there that made Paul angry. Galatians 1, 6 to 9. Galatians chapter 1. Beginning from verse 6. Paul says, Galatians 1, 6. This is what Paul wrote to them. He said, I marvel. He said, I'm surprised. Paul said, I'm surprised. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. To a different gospel. Which is not another. In that way, that gospel is not another gospel. There's only one gospel. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we, an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, 
So now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. Praise the Lord. Paul spent a lot of time, effort, planting this church or the churches in Galatia, many churches in Galatia. Paul spent a lot of time there and effort. And he made sure he gave to them the unadulterated word of God, the true worship of God in Christ Jesus. But not long after he left them, not long after his departure, um, some came in, some leaders came in who began to introduce into the church some practices from the world. Practices that were practiced by the Gentiles into the church and polluted or diluted the worship of God. And it wasn't long after Paul had left. And it looked like Paul's efforts, all that he achieved was going to be in vain. As if it was going to be in vain. And beloved, that can be very painful. It can be very, very painful. I remember I spent four years in Teshin, early days of our ministry, four years in Teshin. And uh, God enabled me to actually build a church that even a World Miracle Church called it a model church. In fact, they saw the Teshi Church as a model church. That's what they called it. Model church. It was, it was what a church, proper church, was meant to be. And because of that, because God used me to build a church that was so hot, so powerful, uh, Bishop decided to transfer me to Tema. And this is what he said. He said he wanted me to replicate. This is the exact word that he used. He was transferring me to Tema to replicate the work that I had done in Teshin. In fact, it was very painful for me leaving Teshin because I knew everybody in the church. It was a big church, very hot. And leaving the church was painful. But he said, no, we need you to go and replicate the same thing. And I didn't know what, I had never been there before. I didn't know what was going there. I didn't know whom I was going to see. So I had to leave Teshin and come to Tema. But not long after I left, the pastor who took her from me, I was hearing stories. I was hearing stories from Teshin of what was going on there. For example, in prayer meetings, the pastor will say, pray. He will put his head on the pulpit and fall asleep. And he was inviting pastors there who were bringing all kinds of doctrines. As you know, I keep on saying that the one reason why I don't easily invite pastors here, if you, if you, if you notice, I don't invite pastors people here because before I invite anybody I want to know that person's ministry. I want to know that person's ministry. And unfortunately the ministries I know many I know I don't I don't subscribe to the ministries. 
Um, if you come to the word of God, I know, I believe that God has given me the word to preach. I can preach the word. That like any archbishop or any bishop. If you come to the ministration of the Holy Spirit, God has given the gift also to minister the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So before I invite anybody here, I want to make sure that person has something to add. Something to add, not to subtract. Not to subtract. And when I look around, I'm believing God. But as at now, uh, I, I'm yet to identify such a person who can add and not to subtract. But this guy came to test me, I was told. Some came there carrying sword, carrying sword. Sword. Yeah, come with the sword of God. Some came carrying uh, towels, uh, bigger than the towel you use in your, in your house. All kinds of things were happening. And also one guy, one pastor came, let me call it a guy, not a pastor, and asked them to bring salt. That's if you are listening, I'm sure you remember. They were asked, everyone was asked to bring salt to the church. Salt. And, and as we said, they also, like the foolish Galatians, also went to the salt. And when I heard, I was, I was very, very disappointed. Many of them actually went to the church with salt. And uh, I heard a pastor pray over the salt and then told them that when they go back home at midnight, midnight, they should all get out of their rooms, stand in the center of their, of their homes, make a circle with the salt, and stand in the center of the salt circle. And like the foolish Galatians, some of them, not all, some of them did it. And when I heard this, I felt like going back there to lash some people. But I had been transferred. So I had no authority there. But I made sure that Tema, nothing like this will ever happen. And nothing like this will ever happen in FCAC. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So see, we, we live in a time where now churches are practicing all kinds of things in the name of Jesus. Under the guise, masquerading us as churches, when they are actually uh, 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 um, agents of Satan. Angels of Satan. Praise the Lord. And therefore, as we go through today's message, it's a warning. Today is a, it's a cautionary or a warning message that such things not only annoy or enrage God and attracts the wrath of God, but they also open the doors. They open doorways for the enemy to attack us. It is like straying into the camp of the enemy with no protection. It is like wandering into a kingdom of darkness with God's hand removed from over your head. Imagine what the devil can do to you. But may we all remain protected in FCAC. Clap your two hands for Jesus. Paul says that there's only one gospel. There's only what Paul is saying here, that there's only one gospel. Church say there's only one gospel. Nibwaitam, Teshim, Mishakam, say without, there's only one gospel. And we must be careful not to take away from it 
or to add to it. That produces dilution. It produces um, adulteration. It, it, it destroys it. It, it defies it. And it takes, the power, it takes the power of God out of the church. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. For example, the Bible says in Psalm 127 verse 3. Psalm 127 verse 3. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Psalm 127 verse 3 says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Now, it goes without saying that anything that we as Christians have is given to us by God. The Bible says that any good gift and any perfect gift comes from above. That's from God, from the Father of lights. Anything, any good thing that we have is given to us by God. And therefore, as Christians, remember that whatever you have, though you work for it, though you are paid for something, though you, you, you received it from something, it still ultimately came from God to bless you. And therefore, we should be very careful not to offer any of these things to idols. I know that um, so do, so do every year when it's time for their annual festival. They write, I don't know about here in Accra, they write to all the churches. They write to all the churches that the churches must make donations, must give them money toward their, their, um, their annual festival. And many churches, are, they, many churches are pleased. They are happy to give. Very happy to give. But we never gave. We never gave you one CD. Writing to churches, give money, festival. Imagine what would happen if we wrote to traditional council there that we're going to have a revival. So all the uh, traditional council give us money towards our revival. Do you think they will mind us? They will mind us. They will not mind us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let alone Christians who take part in these festivals and uh, um, whatever it is, Christians take part, and then they come back. I was thinking, what they are they? And I was talking to some, some, some young men, and there is a, there's a, a festival they have every year. They call Papa, Papa, and the Papa, um, they do, they, they sacrifice a cow. They, they bring a cow. And then tie it up. And when the cow is brought, the cow is very big and fat. And then they kill it the next day or two days later. And by the next day, the cow had reduced to about half the size before it killed. In overnight, next day, the cow size about half what it used to be. Then they will kill it ritualistically after all kinds of things. And then they will share the meat. And people take the meat home and then they go and eat. And these same people appear in churches the following Sunday. 
supposedly Christians take part in this ceremony, this festival, this ritual, and then they are in churches the next day. And they told me about this man who, who used to be an idol worshiper. He used to carry an idol. He was, he was actually the one who carried the idols. And they, he got possessed by the idol and they, for years. And then later on, he said he had now converted. He had left the idol worshiping or going to worship God. And he, he joined the Catholic Church in Kumeru. And he became known that this man, whenever anything happened to him, if he was walking and let's say he stumbled, and the idol that he worshipped was called Afram. Afram. The idol was called, or it's called, it's still there, called Afram. And on his way to church, even in the church premises, if he should stumble, he said, Afram, wait. <laughs> not Jesus, not God, Afram. Even in, in, in the, the premise of the church still called the name of Afram in the church praise the Lord not Jesus, not the Holy Ghost, but Afram church, put your hand there for Jesus 1 Kings chapter 11 1 Kings chapter 11 verses 1 to 13 but there's always something that will lure us there's always something I mentioned family, friends it can be business, it can be money. There's always something that will attract us to the camp of the enemy, to the, into the fire of Molech. First Kings 11, 1 to 13. Let's see what happened to Solomon. How Solomon began so well. Solomon, who God appeared in a dream and said, ask me, what should I do for you? And Solomon asked for wisdom and God gave me everything else. Solomon, wisdom, would be the wisest king ever. Wisest king ever. God gave him wisdom. But 1 Kings 11, verses 1 to 13. But King Solomon loved many foreign women, as well as the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites. From the nations of which the Lord has said to the children of Israel, you shall not intermarry with them, nor they with you. Surely they will turn away your hearts after their gods. Solomon clung to these in love. And he has 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. And his wives turned away his heart. For so it was when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart after other gods and his heart was not loyal to the Lord of, the Lord is God as was the heart of his father David. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth the goddess of the Sidonians and after Milcom the abomination of the Ammonites. Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and did not fully follow the Lord as did his father David. Then Solomon built, Solomon built 
a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, on the hill that is east of Jerusalem. And for Molech, the abomination of the people of, of, of Ammon. Can you believe that? Solomon actually built a shrine for Molech near Jerusalem, verse 8. And he did likewise for all his foreign wives who burned incense and sacrificed to their gods. So the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned from the Lord God of Israel who had appeared to him twice and had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods. And he did not keep what the Lord had commanded. Therefore, the Lord said to Solomon, Therefore, shall say, Therefore, because you have done this and have not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to your servant. Nevertheless, I will not do it in your days. For the sake of your father David, I will tear it out of your hand, out of the hand of your son. However, I will not tear away the whole kingdom. I will give one tribe to your son. For the sake of my servant David, and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. Praise the Lord. May God bless your children because of you. For your sake, may God bless your children. Because of your testimony, may God bless your children. I've always said that, do you know that your worship of God is not for you alone? It's not for you alone, no. Your worship of God is for you and your descendants. Your descendants. In fact, your descendants stand to gain a lot more, to be blessed more than you and I are being blessed. Just say amen. Solomon, God appeared to him twice. Twice. And God said they are giving wisdom. He was indeed wise. He had wisdom, he had riches, he had everything. See, sometimes blessings can lure us. Sometimes when God has blessed us so much, the blessings can become a snare, a trap, a hindrance, a blocking, a hurdle. For our worship of God. Because of his fame, riches, and power, he could do whatever he liked. And therefore, somehow, one world, he loved foreign women. It may be the love of money. The love of money. It may be for you the fear of tradition. A fear of tradition. It can be anything. But the end result, at the end of the day, you must be very careful not, not to become an abomination before the Lord your God. I told you about a sister who are doing very well in the church. I have many testimonies, many examples I can give to you. Doing very well in the church until somebody died. An uncle died in the, in the village. And she had a brother outside who said he, could, he, he wouldn't be able to come. So their brother sent money to their sister to stand in for him. Buy the drinks, buy the schnapps, buy the uh, whiskey, buy the, uh, what do you call it? Um, I, I, I don't, I've forgotten their names. 
buy the water. What else do you, what else do you drink? <laughs> or do they drink? The, 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 that bitter one, what is it called? A bitter one. The bitter one. Guinness. Guinness, that's a bitter one. Eh? I don't know why people drink that. It's so bitter. You know, when they drink an appetition. So she did. She bought all the drinks and then carried them herself to the village for the funeral. They look like a very simple thing. Money has come from overseas. Buy the thing, take them from And that's what, that's what she did. She came back paralyzed. For three weeks, we didn't see her in the church. When I asked, they said, oh, she's paralyzed. They will know who I'm talking about. Paralyzed at home. And this is a woman who came to the church, joined the church. I remember very well. And when she came, she had just lost her husband. Husband died suddenly. And as we pray for her, it came out that her enemies have decided that they were going to completely annihilate, kill her and two other children. So when she came, she had lost, in fact, she had lost her husband and her firstborn. So she came with her secondborn called Solomon, little boy. And because of that, I didn't allow Solomon to go to a children's service. I asked Solomon to stay in the church. That was it. And they were doing very well. Doing very well. The moment she bought their dream to a village, she came back paralyzed. And we went to the house. We had to go to the house and pray for her. And the house, these same demons manifested. And they, I, I didn't know that she had bought dreams. Then they said, they told us that because she bought the drinks for the food, we didn't know. That's why they were able to attack her. And she was paralyzed at home. The whole neighborhood knew that she was paralyzed. She had been to hospital, couldn't walk. And when we cast out the demons, this, my daughter, immediately stood up and began to walk. Church, clap your hand, your hand for Jesus. So, to demonstrate the power of God, we brought her out and walked with her on the street. And the whole neighborhood came out to walk. They were surprised. They all came to see. They all came to see. So, I advised my sister to pray to God for forgiveness and to come to the church and not do it again. Somehow, somehow, she never came. And the next thing we heard was that first, her son, Solomon, died. And then finally, she also died. So the enemies were able to achieve their purpose. Beloved, the Bible said we should be sober, vigilant. We must be sober and vigilant. Because when you go to your village, I'm not there with you. I'm not there with you. We are this sister who was very active in the church, very, very active in the church. But then, let's say it was in Italy. Italy. And he was coming down. We were all very excited that her fiancé was coming for marriage. When the fiancé came, in fact, he was a Ghanaian Italian. You know what I mean? Yes. I mean, he, he, he wasn't a Christian at all. There was nothing Christian about him. So, the next thing is that this Italian Ghanaian or Ghanaian Italian said, okay, before they marry, he had to take this assistant to go and introduce her to the, to the family in the village. Of course, they went. When they came back from the village, 
This my daughter now had bees. Bees around her neck. Uh, all kinds of bracelets, anklets, everything. So what's going on? Okay, she went and sat down. When we began to pray, simple prayer, this sister was carried before the eyes of the whole church. She was carried from her seat to the front and thrown to the corner, one corner. One corner. And miraculously, all the things she had on her, the, 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 the necklace, bracelets, anklets, whatever, all the things, they all came off her. Everything fell from her body and they were all gathered. It was, it was fearful. They all gathered in one corner, all together. Together as if, well, not as if, but they have been, you know, they an abomination. So, at the end of it all, then we interviewed her. He said, when they went to the village, uh, her fiancé said she should, if she wants to marry him, he should go along with what they say. So, they actually bathed her. <laughs> they bathed her with some, some, some things and, you know, and then they took her through some rituals and put some things on her neck and the next day, they came she was in the church. In the Holy Ghost for church. I don't know where you may be. I don't know where. But this is a warning to us all. Yours may not be like that, sister. But you have to be very careful. There's only one gospel. Only one gospel. And I've seen it so often that now and then, I have to warn you. It is my calling my duty to one. The reason why I keep on, the, the reason why FCSC, one reason why we are not many is that many years are not able to endure. There are many years who are not able to endure this kind of message. I was talking to a, a deacon, I mentioned a deacon at Perez, a deacon, he and his wife. And I mentioned that I don't understand how Archbishop will sit down and allow his mother to be made queen in their village. Queen or queen mother. Sit on a throne and during the annual festival, go and do festivals. And this mother, I believe, is also an elder at the Medina church. And when I, I said it, the deacon was surprised. I said, no, you know what he said? Now what's wrong with that? The deacon asked me, now oh, what's wrong with that? I ended the conversation there. I didn't go any further. Praise the Lord. Clap your hands for Jesus. <laughs> Recently, we had a brother in a Michelle Camp branch who appeared in church one day with all kinds of things around him. And then when we found out, oh, what was wrong with you? He said, um, his father is chief, so he is going to be chief. So they have started training him as a chief. So I told our Michelle Camp pastor that he should tell him that if he, if he doesn't give up that thing, he shouldn't step in the church again. So this brother said, okay, for the church, choosing between the church and the chief, he wants to be chief. So he left the church. He left. We know a brother here, we had a brother, um, Mr. Quay, I mentioned his name. He was a Michelle Camp. He used to drive, drive the drivers, you know. He was made a chief. One day he manifested here, we're having an 
I think all night prayer meeting here, and he manifested here, this man, I didn't know, but he manifested, you know, doing this. You know, you know, that, you know what, what that they do? Yeah, he man, here in this church. So after I said, I asked him, my brother, are you a chief? He said, oh, he's a, a royal. Now one day they will make him chief. I said, no, no, be careful. One day make you chief, you won't be here. We can't come here again. Can't come here again. He said, oh, no, no, I won't agree. He agreed. They went and made him chief. So I sent a message to him that he shouldn't step in FCAC again. Me, I don't tolerate such nonsense. Praise the Lord. Clap your two hands for Jesus. There is only one, shall I say, there is only one gospel. Say again, there is only one gospel. And if this could happen to Solomon, it can happen to any of us. And women lured him. He had riches, he had money, he had fame. It may be business. Maybe your business associate. Maybe your family member. It may be the sickness. Oh, young go for treatment, you can go. I can give you some treatment here. Hello? Praise the Lord. You know, when you're a child of God, you're a child of God. You see, when you're a child, I told them when I was a little boy, a little boy, I didn't know anything. No, my parents wanting to protect me, invited these fetish priests to come and do some, some thing, cut me and put some things on me. And this man came, spread his mat, put everything there, I was playing. I didn't know he was there because of me. I was playing. Then when we were there, they, brought, they caught me and brought me to him. The man brought his face down. Our little boy, so he had to bend his face down. I took my little hand and slapped him. And after the slap, though it was my small hand, the slap was so huge that the man began to pack his things. He said, no, 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 no. He left. That slap must have been an angelic slap. Amen. Clap your hand for Jesus. <laughs> Otherwise, probably I'll not be, I'll not be who I am or what I am now because of that. But God protected me as a little boy. I didn't know anything. So God protected me. But you as a grown-up, if you willfully, willingly submit, agree, God may not protect you because you know everything. You are not ignorant. You are not naive. You are not innocent. God will not hold you guiltless. Just say amen. amen. So how do we guard against this? Please, remember that all who put their faith in the Lord Jesus, all who put their faith in the Lord Jesus for salvation are to continue to walk. You must walk worthy of the calling. Walk worthy of the calling. There are many things I could say, but time will not allow me. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Ephesians 4, 1. All who put their faith. Once you say your faith in Christ Jesus, then you must walk worthy of the calling because it involves calling. God has called you. And God has not called you to be here and there. Ephesians 4, 1. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, Paul calls him the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk Walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Church, is that in your Bibles? Walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Again, the same Ephesians 4, verse 17 and 18. Ephesians 4, 17 and 18. This I say therefore, Ephesians 4, 17 and 18. 
This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk at the rest of the Gentiles' walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Hello? We are warned, we are cautioned, we are advised not, no longer to walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility. You see, they, they believe in some things and they think they are right. Futility, they are using their old understanding, not based on the word of God. This is how they understand it. And this is how it is. It's not based on the word of God. And you shouldn't walk, you shouldn't walk after them, not go with them, because they are using futile minds. What, what they are doing is futile. It will, not, it will not lead them to anywhere. Now, because their understanding is darkened. They don't understand. They do not understand. Their understanding is darkened. And they are alienated. They have become aliens from the life of God. Because of the ignorance that is in them. Because of the blindness of their hearts. But you who are, who, who are enlightened, you who are not ignorant, you who are wise, how then do you go with them? Church, if you agree with me, say amen. amen. We must walk as children of light. You and I must walk as children of light. Ephesians 5 verse 8. Ephesians 5 8. That means we must avoid things belonging to darkness. Ephesians 5 8 means, says that, for you were once darkness. You were once darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Walk as children of light. In Romans 8 verse 14. Romans 8 verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God... These are sons of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. You can look at this scripture uh, both ways, forward and, and, and reverse. For as many as are led by the children of God, by the, uh, by the, by the, Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, by the Spirit of God, these are children of God. In other words, if you keep yourself as a child of God, then you will be led by the Spirit of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. It means that if you keep yourself as a child of God, then conversely, you'll be led by the Spirit of God. We must expose the works of darkness. You must be able to see. You must be able to keep your eyes open, keep your eyes open, ears open. You must be able to see what is darkness and what is light. And expose the works of darkness. You must expose them. No, I'm not going there. I'm not taking part. I'm not going with you. I'm not doing this. You must expose them. You must refuse these things. Avoid temptation. Do not be tempted. And do not be lured or enticed by your own weaknesses. We all have weaknesses. But Solomon had a weakness for foreign women. That was that he clung to these ones. Despite that God has appeared to him twice, God has warned him, he clung to them. 
and even built a temple for Molech. So now, whereas people were walking through the fire there in Israel, it was still being practiced. Built shrine for Ashtoreth, uh, Chemosh, Solomon, near Jerusalem, on the hills. That's what we're talking about. Because he had a weakness. His weakness was of foreign women. Your weakness may be for money. Money. Your weakness may be of pride. Your weakness may be get rich quick. Your weakness may be, may be anything. Your weakness may be in the family. You want to look good. You want to look prominent in the family. You want to appear good. So, you don't want to offend anybody in the family. You don't want to offend anybody. If anything the family says, you follow. Anything the family says, oh, you want to look good. You don't want to be branded as different. So, that will become your weakness. That will, be, that will ensnare you. But the word of God is very explicit. The word of God is very, very clear. Always let it be guarded by the word of God. Let it be guarded by the word of God. And avoid the fire of Molech. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Clap your children for Jesus. Just one last sentence. A good beginning can be helpful. Beginning well is helpful. But it does not guarantee a good ending. What is needed is a close work with God. There are many who begin very well. Many who begin, even churches who begin very well. Churches begin very well. But once the church grows, it becomes big, it becomes famous, powerful, rich. They begin to compromise. A good beginning is good. But it doesn't guarantee a good ending. He who endures to the end, is the end is the one who will be saved. He who endures the end is the one who shall be saved. So don't say, oh, I began very well. I did that. No, no, no. We have seen many here who began very, very well. They began very well. Many here began very well. But in the end, they fell away. And by this message, I want to encourage you. I want to advise you. I want to admonish you, warn you that don't be like the Galatians. Don't be like Solomon. You have begun very well. Get better and better. Church, get better and better. Finish hard. Finish hard. Finish well. Praise the Lord. It's a race. Finish very, very well. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Sunday morning's Bible study and sermon. We believe you have been blessed by the word. Join us same time next Sunday and have a blessed week.